And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Makes it a two-point game. There's your mismatch right here. Now it's Luca. Deep three on Luca Magic! Take that with Hello, happy holidays. Welcome to 77 Minutes in Heaven. This is Tim Cato, your host. We've got David Dufour. How are you doing, Dave? Um, I'm good, man. I'm good. trying to give you some formality on a uh, on a lead up to a holiday. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. How's everything? You know, a little, little low on sleep. A 9.30 start, we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll do that to you, central time. But yeah. um, Anything weird, anything interesting happen? In the last you couple know, days, or there's some there's some sports going on, you know. There are sports. Yeah. Well, let's jump right in. Let's jump right in because <laughs> this game, this game, you know, it was it was interesting. I thought for Phoenix, less interesting for Dallas. You know, um, I don't know how much you can you can take away if you're if you're the Mavericks. I think the Suns, you could see a lot. Yeah. And if we were a Suns, like I'd love to be a Suns podcast right now because oh, I feel I know. like I could, I, I could so actually say stuff. some things. Yeah, yeah, so much stuff to talk about with the Suns, but with the Mavericks, I don't feel like. And you're not going to get this from one game, in particular the first game of the season. I feel like I've got more questions than I did a week ago. Yeah, my my whole takeaway was that it's you know it's what you're supposed to do is is find some storyline, find some through line from a season opener and say oh this is this could be a theme of this is going to be the theme of the season and it really just looked like the team that we last saw you know in the bubble when at, at their at their worst points in the bubble it kind of looked like that team mm-hmm. you know when when Luca was just you know struggling and, and looked weren't you know worn down and and beat up certainly looked like a team that is is still working through late game offense stuff I thought they were a little bit better but but clearly mm-hmm. that late game offense didn't come alive and and save them um, well, well, know. let's let's talk about Luca first because I, okay. obviously that's the most important thing for the Mavs. Um, I did not think he looked good physically. He looked a yeah. little slow. I thought his feet feet looked really heavy. Um, he looks a little heavy, which you know has, has been a thing during the preseason. So, so Mark Cuban said that he just didn't have his you know streamlined back to fitness plan oh, because of, of the way the season came back. Yeah, and no, I think no, no. I, I think it. that he, yeah, I think that he seems like one of those players who, you know, needs a very dedicated workout routine to be where he needs to be. And so, yeah, no, absolutely, I, I thought he he looked a little bit off the pace, a little bit sluggish and frustrated, and and mentally, you know, was was upset. But I I would imagine that just not quite being there physically is is directly stems to him yelling at a ref. Um, because he's also tired and doesn't want to run back right. up, a, up up a court, like you know those those two things go together. Like as much as you would want to see a better mentality from from Luca, and, and many people have talked about how much he complains to the referees. You know those those things absolutely are are connected and, and correlate in some way. 
so yeah, and and you know he still is going to be a good player and even better than he was tonight and and or last night, and he still did you know thirty two eight and five. Well, that's uh, despite the thing, playing right? Bad, right? Is that he's gotten to that almost not quite obviously he's not on LeBron James's level, but he has the ability to do what LeBron can do. He can have a game where he throws up thirty two eight and five, and you can say, yeah, I felt like he wasn't his best. And that says quite a bit about our expectations of Luca, especially for this season. Yeah, and and that's you know that's that's going to be the Luca thing. Like he's he's not going to have his his season his his career debut was two years ago in Phoenix, and he was pretty bad by his standards. Uh, same situation where where you saw good signs, but also he struggled for a while, but. In that debut, he had ten points on like ten shots, and he's not doing that anymore. Those those things are not happening anymore. He's he's not you know there's there's no ten point Luca games. If, if you know, I, I don't think you're going to get more than one ten point Luca game in a season the rest of his career. Like one maybe one per season. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's the that's the point he's reached where he will be this. You know he will be potentially the best player on the court even when he's playing much worse than he should be. Oh, and if if he only scores 10 points in a game, it's a blowout in one direction or the other. Either they yeah, got blown yeah. <laughs> out early or they blew someone out because I mean, the, he is the, you know, obviously the engine of the offense. I right. think that the good takeaways from the game. I, I thought he was under control, one turnover. That's amazing. Um especially with the way Phoenix was guarding last night. I, I thought that that was incredible. 10 of 12 from the free throw line. That's huge. It's a good sign. Especially in game one. You know, like that's a good tone to set for the for the rest of the season. The free throw stuff really is has been a bigger sticking point for me than than the three point stuff. The the three point stuff, he's he takes so many late shot clock, you know, tightly contested step back threes. You expect the percentages to take a hit. It's the same thing James Harden deals with. The free throws, though, he can completely control that. And I think that for him to to reach the level that we expect this season, you know, he needs to be like 75 to 80% from the line. So uh, getting there is great. He's already good at that, but he's got to be able to convert them. And, you know, to get 10 free points, that's that's a pretty big deal. That's a big part of the reason why, you know, he's always going to be scoring double digits and well over d- double digits because, you know, he's just going to generate free buckets. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's the top four free throw shooter in the in, in terms of, of drawing fouls and, and converting points at the line. He's got to be top four in the league, you know, along with Harden he's up and, there. and Jimmy Butler and and who else? So, I mean, so yeah, Giannis, no, that's, yeah. That, oh, Giannis. Yeah, there you go. So they're, they're top four. I thought Josh Richardson was the second best Maverick. I agree. He, he wasn't amazing or spectacular, but I do think it matters that there's another, you know, highly competent perimeter defender on the floor. Mm-hmm. for 36 minutes just like finney smith who you know actually actually being able to you know put two defenders out there for 36 minutes instead of one that yeah that makes a difference i, I do i do think it matters and in some ways the defense it didn't stand out as being different it just functionally was different and, and mm-hmm. you just saw less people getting right to the rim but then i asked you know a, a friend i was watching it with uh and and he was like oh no they look way different they look so much better you know they're just you know the the way that they're stopping people driving is this much better. And so, you know, whatever the case is, certainly I thought the results were good. And, and you know, this is a game where when they started so slowly offensively in the first half, 
Right. Um, they had 40, uh, 45 in, in the, in the first half. Uh, it, it's a game I could see them already being, you know, down 60, 45 last season. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm not putting that all on Richardson and certainly, you know, they, they didn't have Porzingis out there and, and the starting lineup is nowhere near where it's, where it, their defensive peak is going to be when it, when it has, you know, the three guards or sorry, the three wings, Luca and Kristaps all together. You know, because that's that's an actual defensive shot blocker. You know, a, a really, you know, a a tone changing uh, defensive player in Porzingis that they're still yeah. missing. But but once once they get that, you know, even even until that, I thought that was a a decent sign that you know they're doing a, a solid job slowing down down Phoenix, who might be a more off you know defensive team than offensive team as I kind of look at their lineup more and more. I mean, I don't they, I don't know if I go of, that they split far. It well, they, they yeah, split but it well. this is like, more balanced. For sure. Yeah. 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 Um, Richardson just makes such a big difference. And, you know, uh, the defensive side of the ball, it's very obvious the difference that he makes. Offensively, though, I, I, I really liked when he was attacking the basket off the mm-hmm. catch. Um, you know, he was two of seven from three. That's great. That's good volume for him. He should be in that seven to eight three point attempt range per game. But what I really liked, I mean, he can put the ball on the floor and he can make plays for other people. And I know Rick Carlisle loves that. Like his favorite thing is a player that goes out and makes plays instead of just run plays. And I think Richardson works really, really well with Luca on that front because Luca is that guy. Like Luca is going out and making plays. And now you've got a second person that can do that. Um, I, I thought that the results on the offensive end for Richardson were really promising. And I think as soon as they kind of click and they get Porzingis back, you could see where this offense could even be better than last year. Yeah, you just need Richardson to do that more. And and you're not you're not mm-hmm. saying that oh, you didn't do it enough in the season opener. Like clearly he has a leash. This is game 4 of the preseason. You could you could call it that. I don't think they started practicing as a team until two Fridays ago. So we're still not even 3 weeks into this team being fully together and practicing together if if my math is correct on that. So yeah, I, I, all I all I care about for Richardson is just seeing those moments, like the ones you describe where you say, "Oh, that looks like something you can duplicate more than more than just in this instant." It, it didn't look like, you know, like a Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, driving Euro step. Where like that was fun, but we're not going to see it again the rest of the season. It looks sustainable. It just it just there wasn't enough of it. And and, and seeing if Rich, how much Richardson can build on that, be put into good spots where he can, you know, get to the rim where he can make passes. We didn't, I, I didn't see a lot of passing from him. I thought I'd have, I'd have to go back and look. Um, certainly I think that's something that, that you're hoping he can, he can do more is, is do some playmaking for, for, for teammates around him. Um, but, but part of that is just getting him moving towards the rim more often. Like we just said, he wasn't doing that enough. So, you know, on on the flip side, you know, he's not going to have enough chances to, you know, actually make that driving kick pass and actually find that teammate in in the corner in, in situations like that. So, well, in particular, once they, once they have their team and you add that other ridiculous weapon, like Porzingis is going to open up these lanes. Look, I think the Mavericks are going to be really, really good when Porzingis is back as long as he's healthy. But mm-hmm. that the game, it, it it featured some of the struggles that I thought that they would have without him, plain and simple. And I don't think anyone should be surprised. Matter of fact, to to be that close in a game where I thought Phoenix really controlled it um, is probably a good sign. Yeah, I mean, there was there was they, nobody. They went nine of thirty seven from three, right? Like, they're just not right. going to have many nights where they shoot the ball that poorly. And and this goes back to your point about the defense. The defense kept a minute. 
they they have enough players at this point. They have enough competent, solid role players that you would expect that most nights you're going to have a insert player name night. You're going to have a Tim Hardaway night. You're going to have a Finney Smith night. You're going to have, you know, one of these players stepping up offensively. Stepping up is even a weird term. Like literally it's it's almost it's almost um it's almost just like random like it's it's math odds. It's it's statistics. It's Tim Hardaway Jr has a, you know, significantly good game every 3 or 4 games. You know, like he he could be an average player for a few, for a stretch, and then you know he'll he'll just have a game where where it's all working for him. You know, none of the the dice rolls on players who are a little more inconsistent. You know, hit tonight, um, and, and that could happen. That could have happened for any number of reasons. Maybe maybe Phoenix just defended them really well. Maybe the team isn't just up to speed. That's that's probably the the, the correct answer. Uh, maybe they're just unlucky. But you know, it wasn't it wasn't a good Hardaway night. Um, Finney Smith didn't do much offensively. I'm actually. Claybo wasn't hitting threes. Um, you know, I, I thought he got good looks. He could have hit a couple more. He started something like two or four and then just couldn't put down any after that. Jalen Brunson came on very late, but, but even his, his line is kind of deceiving. His, his 12.4 assists night, you know, came after 10 minutes of, of looking, you know, pretty, pretty bad in my opinion. And, and then, and then it just kind of turned around for him. He's an interesting player. Trey Burke was, was just out there doing stuff, which, which I think. You know he's he's gonna he's gonna have times where he he pops off, but I think there's gonna be a lot of nights where Trey Burke is just out there doing stuff, and you know you can't rely on him, uh, you know all the time. So so basically, what I'm just describing is a bunch of role players who, you know, none of them are asked to be the second star of this team. Uh, that's obviously Kristaps. He's not here right now. Um, while he's out, you're hoping that every night you have at least one role player who can, you know, reasonably provide 20 points on offense. Um, in a lot of nights, most nights maybe even you will have that player. It just, it didn't happen tonight. And I just, I, it's not something that I am personally just terribly worried about. Some of it does stem from Luca. You know, he's the one who puts them in the, the right spots all the time. And, and, you know, he actually did in this game a lot more than, than his stats even show. I, I think he had 15 potential assists, um, only five converted. So I don't know. What are you going to do? I, I would agree. I mean, I, this feels like a, a floor for their performance. I, I don't see them playing significantly worse than they did Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, look, if they shoot 30 percent from three and they win this game, right? Not to not to just completely simplify it, which is for sure what I'm doing, but that's the truth. It's it's two made three pointers, and they win this game. I, I think right. that's a good thing for them that that the defense held them in because obviously the defense just got away from them so often last year. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. 
Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Was there anybody else that stood out? How'd you feel about Willie Cauley-Stein's six minutes? I've noticed that there's a big push that Willie Cauley-Stein needs more minutes, which I completely disagree with. Um, I want to see what you think. I mean, mean, six six minutes, and he was fine. But, like, we've seen Willie Cauley-Stein in bigger roles. I've, yeah, and that's where I, that's largely where I come down on it. I mean, I think that Dwight Powell does look pretty ineffective. I didn't care that he started all three preseason games. I think that was a good use of preseason time to try to get a player, Mm -hmm. you know, who's, Proven when healthy, when, you know, when 90%, 100%, you know, you know exactly what you're getting from him. That is a player who you would like to be able to rely on this season. And, and if you thought that three preseason, preseason games would get him up to speed, that that is a good use of time. I, I, I do and not early care. season is good, too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's going to start for the foreseeable future, although he may be playing something like 18 minutes per night. Uh, like like he did tonight because he just isn't effective. I thought some of that was Phoenix that they they really collapsed against him. He wasn't Powell wasn't effective, so I thought it made sense to try Collie Stein. I, clearly, the Mavs looked good when he was on the court. Uh, we know that individual plus minus like it's it's still easy even knowing individual plus minus doesn't matter. Um, right. It's still easy to look at you know his plus fourteen and think well maybe there was something there. Well, no, no I watched uh, them and and I thought that they played well with him on the court, but I don't right. know that it it wasn't it wasn't because of Willie Cauley Stein, but he did he well, he looked fine. Yeah, and and I I am I am rambling to finally build to kind of what you're saying. The dude often just is out there like he is he does good things almost in spite of himself mm-hmm. which feels kind of mean i was actually i listened to another Maz pod this morning and, and kirk anderson uh of, of famed Maz moneyball uh was talking about i, I missed this but he was talking about how Kali stein every time he set a pick he would flare to the three-point line yep um instead of you know really do you know a hard roll and, and he's good and, at, at rolling hard to the rim I know, I know. So and one place just, he's good. If you could just access that player and that cons- like the consistent player who does what he's actually good at, you know, we would be uh, talking about a different story. And consistently, we see that not happening. So you know, Kirk's theory was that um, that Phoenix literally just didn't know what to do because a player was not doing what you would expect a player to do. Uh, you know, who is a player like like Collie Stein? So well, that's a lot know, of Willie Collie Stein conversation um but the other big that i oh go ahead yeah yeah. i mean that's that's about it i mean i I think he deserves some more chances to you know try to do something um especially if pal is not effective because we know that he is a very effective rim runner and if pal can't be that or isn't that right now then then i do think it matters like in certain matchups and certain opportunities and certain games it does matter that that you you know give Collie stein a chance to 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 do that and sometimes it's going to work because he's playing great and sometimes it's going to work just in despite of itself and sometimes it won't work and and you keep a short hook and i, I don't think that any of this means that he should be starting every game you know until Porzingis gets back because i just i don't see that being effective yeah um i thought maxi while there were clearly issues on the defensive side, um, I liked how aggressive he was offensively. He took seven threes in this game, which is something we talked about last week. Shooting 37% on four attempts a game does not make you a shooter. Shooting Mm -hmm. 37% on seven attempts a game, now all of a sudden, 
teams have to guard you. And he only did that 11 times last year, seven or more threes in a game. He needs to be at like seven or eight a game. That That is like the goal. And this is per 36 is what I'm aiming for here. And if he can, if he can put up seven threes a game, I mean, he's going to, he's going to be playing big minutes. Uh, last night he wound up 27 minutes. I wouldn't be shocked if he's at 30 minutes soon because they just need him to space the floor. I thought that overall he was pretty decent aside from the defensive stuff. Yeah. What, so what, what do you mean defensive stuff? Um, I, I just thought he looked a little slow. Um, yeah. Aiton, you know, Aiton is not aggressive at all and they did get him into foul trouble, but when he was out there on Aiton, he looked overmatched. Yeah, Aiton is a matchup that I that I care nobody, about. Him nobody nobody can really at, guard right? Aiton in space. Right. right. Yeah, Aiton what I care about is is how switchy you know, I thought he had one I saw one or two good perimeter possessions. I, I still see sometimes that he gets beat by by driving ball handlers that you know, two years ago, I, I swear, like it would never happen. And I just see it happen a little bit more uh these times. He also he did have a chase down block on on uh Jalen Smith that oh, was yeah. called a foul and it was not. It was that was clean. So how do you you know can't give a rookie that call? That was clean. <laughs> but but yeah, you know, you know, like overall, like he's still he's still, you know, a favorite player of mine to analyze just because of how weird his skill set is. And 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 yeah, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to keep an eye on him and, and just kind of see, you know, how effective he is. Another situation where that that minus nineteen on his box score looks big. I don't chalk it up to anything, but it looks. Oh big. yeah, it wasn't necessarily his fault. Right, right, right. Yeah, but he was um, on the court for it. Would you uh, would you start him against the Lakers just to to guard Anthony Davis? I mean, I would at least think about it. Yeah. But the bigger thing being space in the floor, yeah. right? Like just drag it, trying to drag those, those Laker defenders away from the paint, man. Like they're just so good at protecting the basket. And now you've got Josh Richardson who is going to try to take advantage of those, of those driving lanes uh, off the catch. And so, I mean, I just think Maxi probably puts you in a better position for that. Mm-hmm. Especially if Dwight Powell just isn't ready to to match up with with Anthony Davis. I mean, I like who's going to guard Marc Gasol? Not that it really matters. Like I don't know that Gasol is is going to kill you, but you got to make a decision there. You almost want to say put Luka on Marc Gasol. Yeah, I was going to say put put like Tim Hardaway, but I think Luka's actually probably the right answer. Like Yeah. Gasol, like, he's still, he's got some clever, you know, old man post moves, but that is not a he's such not an a offensive beast. staple. Yeah. Yeah, he, and he's not really like he's big, but man, like Luka is pretty big. Yeah. And I think that he could guard that guard him effectively, and and you know I don't even know how much Gasol is going to play to be honest with you, but at least you can not hide Luca, but get you know you're sneaking him some rest by having him guard Mark because it's not like Gasol is going to be running off of screens or anything like that. Right, right, right. You know Gasol's Gasol's function, and you know what what he's good at is is the is the passing, and you know his his offensive function is is by far his passing and, and his spacing at this point, and mm-hmm. who guards him is not really going to affect either of those directly. Yeah, and well, so that, I mean, that's I why you can get just, away with a Luca. Let's yeah. just talk about the game a little bit. Um, what what are your expectations? Um, I, I didn't think the Lakers looked super sharp the other night, but I don't know how hard they're trying, so it's really hard for me to gauge this. I think I think every Maverick will wake up with a present from Santa. Okay, is that not the expectations that that we're we're looking for here? <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, it is it is one game early on in the season. I'm rooting for them at Christmas Day. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> Listen, if they if they could beat LeBron and the Lakers on Christmas Day, that's a that's a really big deal um, at large, right? Like, doesn't really matter too much on the season. Although I do think they need every single win they can get while Porzingis is out, just to you know make sure they're they're treading water in the playoff race. Um, so this would be a big win for them. If the Lakers lose, all of a sudden the hot takes will be out. Yeah, yeah. I it, it's a bigger game for the, the Lakers than the than the Mavericks in, in that sense. Um, although honestly, it doesn't really. I, it's, it's I the Mavericks game. are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel I feel almost. You know, I think it's more likely at not at this point that the Mavericks start zero and three with the Clippers coming up after the Lakers, and I don't. I wouldn't care. You know, as long as they look fine, as long as they look mm-hmm. okay doing it, as long as you see the right signs. You know, that's that's always what this is about. I, I don't expect them with Luca working into shape. So, so they have like three quarters of their two superstars available um, with Luca working this into shape and Chris stops out. I just don't expect them to be, you know, killers right off the bat. And I, I don't think it's necessary for them to do that. Certainly would have a lot more optimism uh, or, or would feel, you know, it would be very optimistic for them to win or, or it, w- it would be, a, it would feel good. You know, it would, it would be a feel good situation if they found a way to win one of the next two um, especially over the the Clippers, you know, just the the little playoff redux, if you will. Uh, yeah, that would be great. And and depending on how they do it, if it's a you know Josh Richardson coming into a thirty point game or something, that that would make you feel even better about this team going forwards. But if it's not that, I just it's hard for me unless unless there are really troubling signs that that pop up from from two losses, which I, I don't anticipate. You know, I, I just expect. You know, I think the most likely outcome is is just to you know, an eight point loss and a 12 point loss or, or something like that, where, you know, they hang it in all game, but they just don't quite have that, you know, that extra, that extra eight points that, you know, a, a, a fully healthy, you know, fully ready to go Luca and, and, you know, would, would push them over the edge or, or a Chris Tapps or whatever. Um, you know, maybe they get like a Trey Burke game like that. That's the type of thing they need, I think, to, to, to push them. And that's possible. Like maybe they just, they, we've seen it. You know, we've seen what he does. Like that's the type of player that they need to to just kind of go off and 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 kind of push them up because these are these are two really tough teams and they're going to win games even with their roster as is even before you know even when Kristaps isn't back yet um, as long as they're playing teams that aren't you know the the LA teams. So yeah, look, the the Mavericks are a good team and I think that they're going to be totally fine. Uh, but this first month, you know, let's all just temper expectations. I would say. Yeah, if they go 500 over fifth, the first 15, that's fine, right? That's great, honestly. That's yeah. great. Right. They've got the Hornets, the Heat, the Bulls, the Rockets, the Nuggets, the Magic. Yeah, they'll win. They'll they'll take it, you know, probably four of those six. I think like. by mid by mid January, if they're if they're 500, they're probably pretty happy. They got a tough schedule out of the gate. I mean, between now and January 15th, like you mentioned, they they just played Phoenix. They got the two LA teams. They got Miami. They got Denver. They've got New Orleans and they've got Milwaukee. That's that's rough, man. Yeah, that that does that does pick up as I kind of keep scrolling down. But you know, they're going to be the Bulls. They're going to be Hornets. Isn't Hayward out? Isn't that no Hayward's playing? He's playing. Oh, he is playing. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's just injured. I don't remember, broke his pinky, I think. Oh, so he's it's not like an a can't play injury it's a no no he can play through tape it. your hand up yeah so so broke his left hand huh <laughs> this is a great podcasting we can get out of here 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's anyway, a, it's a it's a one. Happy holidays. PM. Yeah, early afternoon Christmas Eve quality. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, nobody's gonna listen to the sober. So like, oh, we're that, good. That's the hope. That is the yeah. hope. Like, drink plenty of eggnog tonight. Listen to this podcast. Watch the game tomorrow. Um, have fun with it. Everybody enjoy. You know, you're hopefully safe holidays. Yes. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Yeah, we'll see y'all then. Thanks for listening. Oh my god! Shut it down! Let's go home! It's a wrap, Doug! That is a wrap.